You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 9th of February. I'm Paul Ward from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan to discuss recent developments on the financial markets and we'll also assess the impact these developments have had on the main currency pairs of euro sterling and euro dollar. Good morning, Ollie. Good morning. If we can start with the Bank of England meeting last week, uh, you might explain to our listeners why this meeting was important and what has been the fallout on the markets um, since last week. Yeah, it was the first meeting of the new year, the, f- the first major meeting uh, of the Bank of England since November, actually, because they the produce a quarterly economic update every quarter. So we got the February one. It's their latest assessment of the economic outlook uh, since it produced in last one in November. And since then, we've had two major developments, I suppose. One is in relation to the rollout of vaccines and the vaccine trials proving successful, etc. But secondly, we've had the, uh, I suppose, the, the, the second and third waves to the COVID pandemic, the lockdown in the UK. But the Bank of England was actually quite upbeat in its monetary policy report. Uh, it acknowledges, you know, the short-term pressures on the economy from the, from the latest lockdown. But I mean, in the UK, 10 million people have already been vaccinated, which is 15% of the population. And that's well ahead of elsewhere. And uh, that scene is laying the ground for, uh, you know, a rebound by the UK economy over the course of the year. Now, certainly the case that of the major economies, the UK was one of the worst affected last year. Uh, you know, the lockdown was pretty long. We're in another lockdown again in January. And last year, the economy is estimated to have contracted by about, by about 10%. That's much more than, let's say, the Eurozone or the um, uh, or the US. But the Bank of England, you know, driven by optimism around the rollout of the, of the vaccines, is forecasting a rebound in growth this year. Uh, the UK GDP expanding by 5% in 2021 and 7.25% in 2022. So really, by next year, uh, regaining all that lost output. And on top of that, um, you know, the markets have thought we might get a rate cut in the UK or even move to negative rates. The base rate of the bank rate at the present time is 0.1%. And the markets uh, for much of the winter between the uh, impact of the trade deal and leaving the EU and Brexit and also the severe impact COVID's had on the economy thought the UK might move to negative interest rates this year. Well, the Bank of England more or less indicated that that is not on its agenda at the present time. Those sort of forecasts I mentioned there, that strong rebound, are not consistent with a central bank that's going to ease monetary policy further. And that seemed to be that's what the markets interpreted the commentary from the Bank of England, you know, the upbeat soundings in regard to the economy. So the markets are no longer discounting and move to negative rates in the UK. So that's all positive for Sterling. Now, Sterling didn't show much of a reaction to the uh, conclusion of the trade talks, the fact that we got a trade deal there at Christmas. It was very much range-bound over the Christmas period. But over the last month, Sterling has been edging higher. And a lot of that is around expectations that the, the, the speed at which the UK is vaccinating will allow the economy to open up over the next couple of months and lay the foundations for a sustained and strong recovery. So that's helping the currency. And we saw the euro actually last week drop below 88p. Now, that's the first time it's been down below that, you know, the, below that level since last April or May. Now, it's, I mean, Sterling is obviously still a relatively currency, but it has made ground in the last month or so, and there's also been a bit of ground against the dollar. So that's the backdrop for the currency. Uh, expectations of, first of all, diminishing expectations that the Bank of England will ease policy further, and also independent forecasters in the Bank of England talking about the prospects for the UK economy this year. Now, they're obviously 
ongoing issues in terms of trade difficulties, I suppose teething problems with the new trading arrangements post-Brexit, post the end of the transition period. But um, the bigger picture I think people are looking at is the, the scope for the economy to rebound strongly over the course of the year, which is helping the currency. Now, I would say in terms of the euro, there's a lot of what we call technical support around 86, 87p, that that is a range that offers considerable support to the euro. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to see a soaring sterling over the next two or three months, but certainly looks well at the present levels and could make a bit more headway. Uh, Ali, can I ask you one question? And in fairness, in terms of the, the kind of the range down to an 86 or 87p, and, and we had talked about this before, would it, would it be fair to say that the market is probably prioritising COVID news, COVID-related news, rather than Brexit news from the UK perspective at the moment? And a concern I would have there would be that at some stage might flip. And, and obviously, Brexit over the last number of years has brought significant uncertainty to the UK and for the currency pair. So I, I'm just like, are, are, should we be cautious here at these levels? I think the downside risk from, from Brexit materialise over time in terms of der- the loss of direct access to the EU markets, particularly on the services side, how that might impact on investment. The much more immediate impact on the economy in both directions, in both upside and downside risks, is from COVID. And we saw that last year. I mean, the, the economy contract, contracted by 10% on the back of the restrictions that had to be put in place to contain the spread of COVID uh, within the UK. Uh, and but to be quite honest with you, Brexit was a sideshow in terms of... Uh, impacting the economy in that regard and it's likely to be the same this year but hopefully as we do see COVID overcome this year as vaccines are rolled out and maybe later on the year we might see the impacts begin to appear in the economy of the negative effects of Brexit on both trade and investment in the UK. So I think the fact that hard Brexit was avoided that a trade deal is in place, even though uh, it, it only impacts, it covers goods, services were not covered. That means that uh, if, if we didn't have a trade deal and we had tariffs, etc., the impacts on the UK economy of Brexit would be felt fairly immediately. But the fact that a trade deal, even a minimum one, is in place, tariffs have been avoided, quotas have been avoided, it's, it's, it, it, it means then that the, the negative impacts on Brexit take longer to appear in the UK economy and their long-term effects in terms of a fall-off in investment, maybe lower trade volumes, but not a cliff-edge effect. So I think you're absolutely right. It, it's COVID and the lockdowns uh, and the vaccination program that are front and centre of people's thinking in the markets at the present time. The, the more negative impacts of Brexit will take longer to, to materialise. Ali, you mentioned, Justin, when you were talking to the Bank of England there, there was two points you made. One, obviously, just how bullish they are on the uh, UK economy, but also uh, there's no sign that they will will further ease from here. Does this tell us anything about other economies who obviously are behind the UK in terms of the rollout of the vaccine? And also, what was the impact on the bond markets last week on the back of the uh, Bank of England meeting? Well, it's more uh, bond markets generally. Um, Stock markets are very strong last week. We are seeing, uh, let's say, particularly the US and, and the UK, you know, um, increasing optimism about the economic outlook on the back of vaccination programs. We also yeah. have this fiscal stimulus that's coming through in the in the US. The eurozone is suffering in terms of the currency and also the economy to a lesser extent 
from the slower pace of rollout of the vaccines. And, and that's, you know, I think the vaccination problems are beginning to impact on currency markets uh, because they're seen as having a direct impact on how quickly economies can rebound. So the expectation is that the US and the UK economies will rebound quickly, but it may be a slower rebound in the Eurozone simply because uh, the, the vaccines are being rolled out at a slower pace. So obviously you can't relax the restrictions in those sort of circumstances. So the, the, the fear of markets is the recovery in the Eurozone will lag elsewhere. And I'm thinking of the major economies, Japan, uh, obviously China's already well underway in terms of recovery, uh, the US and the UK. So as a result of that, uh, more cautious assessment, I suppose, this way for, for the Eurozone economy. It has seen the Euro lose some ground against the dollar and sterling, or you could argue sterling and the dollar are benefiting directly from the uh, uh, quicker rollout of the uh, of the vaccination programs, etc., in, in those economies. So we saw both the Euro weaken somewhat, both against sterling and against the dollar. I guess the dollar dropped below 120, which is an important level. Uh, now, the dollar did re- cover some ground against, it wasn't just a euro story, there was a broad-based recovery by the dollar in the last week or two against the Aussie dollar, Canadian dollar, New Zealand currency, and the euro as well. So it's not just euro weakness there, uh, there has been a, a rebound in the dollar. One of the reasons for that is the dollar fell sharply on the second half of the year, but coming into the new year, the markets are very, very short the dollar. So those yeah. traders are buying back those dollars. So there's been a technical bounce in, in the U.S. currency as a result. Uh, and there's also, I think, in the U.S., optimism that they, that's a very major stimulus program that uh, President Biden is trying to push through and that that will add to the recovery in the economy uh, and that will open up quicker than European economies. That's helping the dollar as well. Now, again, I'd say the downside is limited to the euro. There's a lot of support around 116, 117, 118. So we may see, and indeed the euro move back above 120 at the start of this week. So it's hovering around the 120 level. It it could fall back towards 118, 117, but the strong support there. So I don't see a major fall in the euro here. Um, yeah. It could lose some further ground. And I said, bear in mind what I said about the dollar, that the market's been very short. For, you know, the, the dollar was in decline last year. Traders were very short. The currency, they're probably taking profits at this stage, buying back the U.S. currency. So it's going to provide, and has provided some, short, some short-term support for the dollar. And, and Ali, can I ask you one other question? Because one of the big topics we discussed a lot last year was this risk on or risk off and, and the, 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 yeah. kind of the, the correlation that has with the euro dollar, for example. Um, what's going on at the moment in relation to that? Like, I mean, so my, my sense here is that there's probably a little bit more appetite for risk on assets as it stands because there's kind of maybe a, a line of sight to a recovery in the longer term and also obviously with the rollout of the vaccine. But it, but that would also then indicate possibly um, a stronger euro, but we're not seeing that. Not yet. And uh, you are right. It was, a, it was a very strong week in stock markets last week and they're up around 4%. Again, things like the Bank of England's bullish forecast for the economies, uh, first half of the UK economy, Joe Biden's fiscal stimulus package, they're all seen as positive stock markets and growth. And, and expectations that uh, we will see a strong recovery take root as the year progresses. The other thing we've noticed is rising long-term interest rates. Now, what, what I mean by that is 10 and 
20 and 30 year government bonds short term interest rates haven't moved like your one or your two or your three year but there's been a marked rise particularly in the US in long term interest rates so 10 year bond yields have climbed to 120 the 30 year yield in the states has gone to 2% and compare that to what you have in the eurozone where you know across the eurozone most countries in long term interest rates are negative in Germany for example 10 year yields are around minus 0.4 minus 0.5% and you're getting plus 120 for the same paper in the, in the States. So that is adding to the attractiveness of the dollar, uh, those that rise we're seeing in long-term interest rates in the US. Uh, what that's telling you is the bond market believes that a recovery will get underway this year that will be sustained, that we're, seeing, we're at the end of monetary easing. Okay, the central banks will continue to implement those bond buying or QE programs, but rates are going. We're, we're at the end of rate cuts, if you like, and looking two, three, four years down the road, um, you know, investors think inflation could pick up and the economy will recover and that these interest rates will rise over time. So uh, that particular sharp rise in U.S. yields is also helping the dollar. So we have, I think it's, it's fair to say that the, 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 the one, the, the role of the vaccination programs and two, the expectations for recovery, probably at a different pace across economies is impacting currency markets, bond markets and equity markets, particularly over the last couple of weeks, and is likely to remain a key driver of markets this year. And, and Ollie, is it fair to say, just in terms of what you mentioned about bond yields in the US, like the, the new uh, Biden government, I assume that's having some positive impact in that, in that because of obviously the possibility of, of a fiscal stimulus package or whatever. Yeah, it means rising supply of bonds. So that push, yeah, that that uh, that, that put, that's one of the factors putting uh, upper pressure on long-term interest rates because the 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 Biden administration is going to have to borrow that money, or it's borrowed more than expected. It naturally puts upper pressure on um, U.S. interest rates. But I mean, it's other factors as well, uh, or expectations that we will get a robust recovery. There could be a pickup on inflation. They're all sort of things that are negative for bond markets. So there has been a notable rise in interest rates, long-term interest rates in the last couple of weeks. Um, and it really is centered around expectations of, we, we had the IMF report in January talking about a vaccine-fueled recovery in global growth, uh, up in its forecast for the global economy this year, despite the very weak start of the year, with the Bank of England come with a, you know, a similarly bullish view. So markets are listening to these guys and taking note. And uh, we see the strength in equity markets, we're seeing rising long-term yields. And uh, near term, it's helping dollar. But you are right. Uh, I think it's important to bear in mind that a strong recovery in activity does boost risk appetite, should boost financial markets. And in, in those sort of circumstances, safe haven currency, safe haven currencies, and we're, and we're talking things like the dollar at the end, do lose their attractiveness over time. So we wouldn't be surprised if the markets are right, and the Bank of England is right, and the IMF is right, and we see the strong recovery materialise, we could see a fresh weakening of the dollar uh, later on in the year. Okay, Ollie, many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to ALB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And for those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of ALB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Many thanks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.
Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.